0: Another episode of Records Revisit, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I am Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who snickers every time he hears the album title "Blonde on Blonde" because he's thinking it's Bob Dylan talking about porn. Here's my uh, here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. What's that? All right. So how are things going? Good. Uh, you sound a little hoarse. I uh, I am a little hoarse. Uh, last night I went and saw Better Than Ezra, and so I uh, I may have I may have screamed a little louder than I uh, than I typically do, but you know it's it was Friday night and it was a, it was a good show and and uh, it was a it was a charity event, so definitely. Definitely was there to uh, to to support a very worthwhile charity. So uh, I'm assuming you're wearing your better than Ezra concert shirt. I uh, actually am not. They did not have a merch table there. The only merchandise they were they were selling was shirts for the uh, the foundation that uh, that was sponsoring the event. Um, so you, you mind if I give a little 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 plug on uh on a uh, charitable organization oh social social consciousness actually i'm not sure why i'm even asking you for permission it's my podcast so i know that was that was odd i love a good charity i, I may, maybe i'm i'm starting to think that you're gonna be like my permanent co-host instead of you know maybe going <laughs> with... <laughs> just now huh wow that hurt a little bit. I know
1: we're only 15 episodes in, but I guess so. I, I thought I had cemented the position. Didn't
0: realize I was still trying out. Worried about Netta and Adam Teagues. <laughs> All right, so let me give a let me give a little plug. So last night was a a concert for Rocks the Cure. It was uh, better than Ezra. They were joined by I I think they're more of a local band. I didn't do a whole lot of research. Uh, the band was called the Outpatients. Um, I'll, I'll talk about them here in just a second because I, I want your opinion on something. But Rock Secure is is a charity that uh, provides essentially music for uh, childhood cancer cancer patients. Um, they do music therapy to to help with uh, reducing symptoms of you know pain, anxiety, and depression that come along with. You know, kids having cancer, um, one of the things that, that they mentioned last night was of all the research that is being done in the U.S. for, for cancer, only 4% of the research is even aimed towards pediatric cancer, which I thought was just um, really, really uh, a, a low, low stat. So go to uh, rocksthecure.org. very worthwhile uh, charity and uh, you know for for anybody who has ever been affected by cancer, even if it's not pediatric cancer, you know how devastating um, cancer is. So anything that we can do to, to, to help, anything that you can do to help, donate, volunteer. Um, this was the first time I'd ever heard of the charity so, uh, definitely definitely want to get more involved and, and hopefully they'll have more of these kind of uh, charitable music events. So it's a great night, great night of music. So let me, let me go back to the outpatient. So uh, they played maybe 10 songs. Um, three of them were originals, but they did two different U2 covers. So they covered Gloria and then they finished the show with having a friend come up and play the sax part for Angel of Harlem, so when you only have ten songs that you're playing, should you should you cover the same band more than twice? I, I mean, if you're going to cover any band more than twice, I would put you two in that category. Okay. All right. Well, then, I th- I guess that answers that. Uh, I I could definitely tell that. Uh, they were thinking that the crowd that was there for Better Than Ezra was definitely a U2 crowd, because my 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 friend and I were counting throughout the night how often they played a U2 song during like the you know the opening while we were waiting for the bands while uh, the Better Than Ezra was was getting ready to come on after the Outpatients. So they played between the two songs that we heard with the Outpatients. And all of the other songs that they played, so we heard U2 nine different times last night. So thought that that was a little overkill, but hey, whatever. All right, so what uh, what t shirt are you wearing tonight? I'm wearing my classic Ramones t shirt. Uh, is it a particular album, or is it
1: just uh, like nope, the, it's the, the, the uh, band? It's the uh, it's that classic Ramones shirt
0: with the, the word Ramones and then that presidential seal with their names in it. My t-shirt for today is I am wearing my Not A Surf uh, Let Go 15th anniversary t-shirt that I got uh, earlier this summer uh, when I saw them live in Nashville. So any guesses what band we're going to talk about today on the podcast?
1: Hmm. Uh, mm, Not A Surf.
0: Yes, we are. We're (laughs) going to talk about Not A Surf. So this band is very important to me. I created an essential playlist for Not A Surf. I asked Wayne to listen to it. You all can listen to it as well. If you go find me on Spotify, Ben Montgomery, I have an essential list for for Not A Surf. And I tried to narrow it down because I wanted to come up with our essential list. I wanted them to be... 12 songs and i think i just couldn't narrow it down to 12 songs so there's there's probably more than 12 songs on that playlist right now so in keeping with the spirit of seattle football i want all of our essential lists that we're going to create to be 12 songs long any any idea why well 12th man uh here in seattle Still on the playoff hunt, baby. Oh, they're in the driver's seat for the wild card. You think so? Well, they After that, that uh, we are. Okay. All right. So, how, how familiar were you with Nada Surf prior to my assignment to have you listen to my Essential Nada Surf playlist? All right. <laughs> not, not much. Uh, the first two songs. Uh, I was waiting for you to go n- Nada.
1: Oh, I wish I should have uh, I, Ola and Hamin I mean, Nada. Uh, yeah, I had only heard uh, both the songs are on this list, but the the for, I think the first two singles they ever released, but at least the first
0: single and then the first single from the next album. And and you are quite familiar with their record label. Yes, Barsuk. Uh, record label for most notably Death Cab for Cutie trying to remember who, who some of the other band is. Harvey Danger was on Suk, correct? Uh, at one point, I think. At I don't one think point. always. So I think that that may give some people the idea that, that Not A Surf is also a Seattle band. They are not, though they are quite popular up in the Seattle area. Let me give some background on Not A Surf. They were originally formed in New York. Um, Matthew Cause and Daniel Lorca. Matthew is the lead singer and guitarist. Daniel Lorca, bassist. Daniel also sings on a few songs, provides some harmony. The original band name was called Helicopter. They changed it to Not A Surf. Then they also met their drummer, Ira Elliott. Ira was part of the Fuzztones, and he joined, joined the band the first album kind of got them on the, on the, uh, the radar of everyone because it was produced by none other than cars, frontman Rick Ocasek, Rick, who kind of got himself back into the spotlight, so to speak in the mid nineties, because he was the producer of what band. Oh, I just drew a complete blank. Was it Weezer? It was Weezer that there's a really good, good podcast i I will i will find it and and put the link up um there was an interview with matthew who talked about at length about um how he ended up get getting some demos into rick's hands and really the the rest is is history from from there because not a surf's first album was also produced by ok A lot of people took note of that, and really made some comparisons to Weezer. Their first single called "Popular," which we'll talk about here in a moment, also got some significant airplay on MTV. they you know, their first their first single, "Popular," definitely Weezer esque. But if you kind of peel back the onion, so to speak, on the the rest of that first album. Um, Not very Weezer esque. Tell me about "Popular."
1: Uh, I was going to uh, down the road here, but uh, I this was the first song I ever heard from them. I can't the first when it starts. I always think of King Missile's detachable penis. That is exactly (laughs) what it reminds me of. But one thing that they do where detachable penis keeps that same kind of cadence throughout the whole song. That real slow, methodical. I like "Popular." Gets harder, you know. Gets not so much faster but more aggressive as he goes on he talks a little bit more aggressively as he as he runs through those those lyrics that spoken word thing is not easy to pull off um, but I think that they put a, a, a bit of a different twist on it and like I say it's it's probably I found it to be a different than all their other stuff just like you said I don't this song if there's a if there's a not a surf sound this song is about as far from it as you're gonna get.
0: Yeah, there was a there was a really good series of podcasts from from one of the podcasts that I listened to called Rock in the Suburbs. They did a whole week of bands that their most popular song really doesn't define their entire work of body or or, (laughs) 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 body of body of work So. So part of part of that group was, you know, they they did a an episode on Thomas Dolby, did an episode on Jumba Um and and popular was one that you know they brought up that it it really doesn't it really doesn't have the, the the not a surf sound to it. Um maybe it's because of that whole spoken word thing. Um the the whole spoken word thing those parts come from a a teen advice book that was written by some television actress in the 60s and they kind of they kind of used those spoken word parts as, you know, completely sarcastic advice to to teenagers. So the song resonated. This was what 95, 96 reached number 11 on the US Billboard Modern Rock charts. Um, the album went to number 63 on the Billboard 200. I want to go a little bit deeper than popular. I want to show kind of their, their body of work. Um, so I want to start with my absolute favorite song by Not a Surf. This is a, a song off of their 2008 album called Lucky. And this is a song called See These Bones.
2: in the speed
0: So two other songs from this album are also going to be on my Essentials playlist. I'll talk about those as well. Any any thoughts before I kind of give some of the the, the bio information on this song?
1: <laughs> this is very Death Cat for Cutie. Uh, a lot. I mean, the guitar, that clean sound on the guitar, his voice, um, just the whole structure of the song. And not, that's not a bad thing. Um, by no means are you hurting yourself in my book by by sounding like Death Cab for Cutie. But then there's a lot of times in this list where I have notes that say things like Death Cab-esque. And, and there's a lot of, of that. This is less subtle. Um, this is much
0: more clear to see. And the reasons for that. So John Goodmanson is the producer on the on this particular album. So he, he produced Lucky. If you don't know who Goodmanson is... He produced bands like Death Cab for Cutie and Harvey Danger, and also produced uh, Bikini Kill albums. I think he also did a Slater Kinney album, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Some of the notables on this song that are seeking, singing the background vocals, you should be able to pick out Ben Gibbard's voice. I'm pretty sure you you were able to pick his voice out. Sean Nelson from Harvey Danger is also on this particular song, so I can totally see why you would do a, a, a comparison to Death Cab because it's producer. You got Ben singing the background vocals. It was recorded in 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 Seattle, um, probably at the same studio that Death Cab is has recorded, and. I'll talk a little bit more in a couple minutes about some other death cab connections, but, um, this is just a really, really great song. I love the theme of the song came from when cause was visiting a crypt in Rome where I guess, you know, some 200 years ago, they had dug up a bunch of these bones. Um, he said that the song is supposed to make you see immortality, especially when you see that life is essentially reduced to just, bone and dust and um even through kind of the the theme of you know you're just bone and dust there's are just a, one of the things that i think that i've gravitated to to not a surf is just that there is there's a positivity in their in their music there's a
1: spirituality i mean it's subtle which is nice because you don't want to be hit over the head with it but um there is i, I definitely got that's in my notes right here um The the songs, a lot of the songs, particularly this one, have a have a spiritual kind of theme to it, but not an overtly uh, religious theme. But it's subtle, and I can say the descriptive, but subtle lyrics. um, This it's it's a great song, and like I say, I don't want I don't (laughs) being compared to Death Cab is definitely not a bad thing.
0: No, absolutely not. And um, all right, so that's uh, that's my that's my favorite not a surf song. Let me, uh, let me move on to the, the next song. And I think you're, uh, you're, you're familiar or, or you, maybe this, was this the, the, mind. We're going to do some more editing because I'm all over the place today. (laughs) New, new format. I'm not new. I'm not used to it. What's your score. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was getting. That's what I was getting ready to do.
1: What's funny is when I was doing this, I I probably should have done it because several times I, I, I found myself ranking them in order of, of how I like them. I did. I I did. I will say I I probably will come up in the podcast, but I wrote, you know, favorite on popular scratched it out um, as thing as time went on and wrote it near another song, which I I think you probably know which song,
0: but moving on to the next song, this is my, this is my second favorite song from not a surf. And I'll tell you the reasons why, because this is, definitely a a personal personal song to me and uh, this is a song called inside of love I'll- 2003. Um, let me just give you some some personal info. I'm two years removed from uprooting my family to Florida. I'm still a guy trying to figure out my career, trying to figure out how to be a dad to, to two small kids at the time. Um, top it off, I was working two jobs to pay the bills, trying to save up enough money to buy a house for my family. And in the early 2000s, buying new music wasn't really a high priority for me. I really wasn't paying much attention to new music outside of every so often I would I would go and stream KEXP from Seattle. I had to listen to KEXP every so often. And, and then I heard Inside of Love. And I instantly fell in love with the lyrics because I felt like that was me. When the lead singer Matthew is singing, I know the last page so well, I can't read the first, so I just don't start. It's getting worse. I was I was feeling that. I knew that all too well. Uh, I was kind of licking the wounds of a failed business, made me overcautious about every decision I made, and you know, I was a guy that was hiding immense amounts of panic and anxiety because of all of those. You know all of those things that I mentioned. So I heard that easily, fell in love with that song. Then I heard a, another track from from them, which I'll talk about here in a couple moments. Blonde on Blonde. That song is a tribute to the Bob Dylan album. Those two two singles that made me save up my money and buy the record, and I fell in love with Let Go. And I've been I've been a Not a Surf fan ever since. And I really credit that album for kind of kickstarting my love for music again. You know, after I purchased that, I, you know, I went back and, and started listening to more current music. So I ended up not being that adult who got stuck in listening to only the music from his youth. Because I think that was one of the critiques that I used to have of adults where, like, they never bought, they never bought a record record. After their senior year of college, it felt like, and I didn't want to be that guy. What What do you think of Inside of Love?
1: Uh, and I liked it, and it was. This is much more characteristic of their entire body um, of work. Uh, I enjoy, like I say, I do um, like you. I, I like the the idea of the song, the concept. This, you know, because he mentions being on the outside of love, where you're seeing other people in love, and you you have that desire to be a part of it, to be you know, with, you know, connected to another person that deeply. So it's, like I say, his lyrics, he's, he's got, there's a subtleness to him, but, but it's not, but it's something you can, you see, it's not, it's not obtuse. It's not like he's trying to like Bob Dylan, where he's got a bunch of weird ramblings that you're trying to figure out what he you need us? You need Freud to figure out.
0: Yeah. Every so often, Matthew will throw in some, some lyrics where I just go, what does he mean? And, I, and one of one of those songs is coming up and well i am curious of what your take is going to be on on some of these lyrics but yeah he, he he doesn't I think he's he's subtle but yet direct enough with his lyrics that you you pretty much know what uh what the message is going to be Actually, on that note, so the 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 third song that I wanted to talk about was called "Always Love," which I think that is that's that's a song that you like. I do. I
1: I would I would say I didn't I didn't not like. Eh, I didn't. There's one I wasn't super fond of, but this is one. This is the second song I ever heard from him, um, and it. There's something about his voice that has a kind of a Ben Gibbard death cab feel but as far as the structure of the song it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sound like a death cab song but um and it stands up i i can say i heard this song 13 years ago or something yeah and uh i've heard it i I probably have heard it several times it's come through my play you know my music player at you know off and on and i i i've always liked it and like i say it's it's a once again it's his lyrics are they're subtle
0: but obvious which is is i like all right, so let's let's give a listen. This is off of their 2005 album from uh, The Weight Is a Gift. This is Always Love. To
2: listen to the voice that told me always love. Hate will get you every time. Always love. Don't wait till the finish line. Die. it helps to ride it down even when you've been it out but
0: love. Get you all right we talked about the subtlety of his lyrics but part of the, the the chorus is um hey you good words hey you good words do i just take that at face value or, or how how do I interpret those lyrics? Uh, I,
1: yeah, I I think he's just looking for somebody to say something nice.
0: So, so for this, this is a uh, this is going back to your comparison of you know being Death Cab esque. The weight is a gift. Definitely has a little bit of a Death Cab feel to it. Part of that is because it was produced by Death Cab for Cutie guitarist Chris Walla. Yeah, I know you're familiar with the Long Winters. So, oh yes. So John Roderick is—I uh, can't remember which which song that he's on, but I know that he is—he um, does sing some some background vocals for at least one or two of the songs on the album. This also was recorded in Seattle. So if you're looking for any of those you know, Seattle references again. There you go. Um, Anything else to share on always love before we go on to uh, another really important song for me?
1: No, a solid song. It should be included in any death cap or (laughs) cutie. Let me do that again. Let me start again. Uh, It's it's a good song. It should be included in any list uh, of not a surf
0: essentials. Yeah all right so moving on this is blonde on blonde uh, i mentioned that real quick this is also from let go
2: I've got blonde.
0: One goal of mine for the podcast, since we're always ranking episodes on um, on albums that are important to us, I want to have Matthew Cause come on an episode so that we can listen to Blonde on Blonde and rank the songs off of that. Now, together? Or are you going to
1: netta me again?
0: No, I, I, I'll have you on the show. Absolutely. Just checking. Is that is that is that going to become like a verb, a netta? pulling a netta. You got Neta. I just got netted. I got netted again.
1: I think it is. I think it has become that.
0: You know, and as much as I don't, I don't get Dylan. I'm moving on from that. Comment. Uh, <laughs> as much as I don't get Dylan, uh, I, I, I do see his cultural and musical impact, but it is isn't it is an amazing, amazing album. So I can see why cause would be transformed by that album. But I, I take a step back from, from the, the just looking at being mesmerized by blonde on blonde. It's really a celebration of music in general, which I think I'm trying to capture with the podcast is that music is important to me. It's important to you. It's important to a lot of people. And we like talking about it. It's a uh, music makes us feel good. And I think, blonde on blonde this particular song really captures that that tone where you know he's he's got the headphones on um it's a it's like a giant golden radio this is this is a way to tune out all of the the garbage that's prevalent in in our in our lives you put the headphones on and everything seems to be all right
1: yeah i like i could say i like, obviously you can it's a tribute to an album that's important to him. I like how he didn't uh, do a bunch of, you know, cliche name dropping where he references songs or anything. I think also more so than a tribute to the album, it felt like uh, that, at uh, that album maybe, and maybe music in general, but um, I took it more literally to that album is type like takes him to his, his happy place. That's where he, it seems like from the lyrics in the song, he puts on this, he puts on blonde on blonde and then he, he gets to that that safe place that happy place where he's he can focus in on this great album that he loves and the rest of the world doesn't doesn't bother him or bring him down
0: and i think we've talked in uh, at length about various albums that take us to our happy places uh i think uh, licensed to ill for you is that still a happy place
1: no i love that album i i much but i much prefer their their later stuff that's important to me. Just like Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, it's important album. But they, that's that, that's not a happy place. Sometimes you like to be in that place that keeps you, keeps your head on a swivel. <laughs> but uh, I would say, uh, as far as happy places, that's not one of the that's not one of the albums that I go to anymore. A much more you know maybe a Paul's Boutique, a Octune Baby, stuff like that.
0: And for me, um, Let Go by not a surf is one of my happy places. Uh, I think I've already shared this with, with you, but I'll, I'll share it for the, for the podcast. So, uh, I was able to see not a surf for the very first time live in Nashville. I just happened to have been there for work. I instead took a a 5am flight from Nashville to Houston to be in time for my, for my other client meeting, because i really wanted to see not a surf live and icing on the cake they played the entire let go from start to finish it's they were celebrating the 15th anniversary of the release of of that album and it was that was a happy place for me listening to that entire that entire song was just fantastic and then on top of that they played Gosh, I, I think they played another fifteen songs uh, on top of that that particular uh, that particular album. So super awesome night of live music and live music. That's that is my happy place. All right, moving on. This is a song called "Cold to See Clear." This is off of their twenty sixteen release called "You Know Who You Are."
2: We're well, at
0: Even though there's only one song on my playlist from the album, You Know Who You Are, it is one of my favorite albums by Not A Surf. Some of the songs from the album barely missed the essentials list. I really dig Believe You're Mine, Friend Hospital. Uh, I was just listening to Gold Sounds in the car before uh, before we started this podcast, and and I'm now I'm really second-guessing whether or not I should have put Gold Sounds on the list. Oh, and uh, "Out of the Dark" is off of that that particular album as well. So that one just missed the top list as well. So there's there's a really there's a really great variety of songs off of "You Know Who You Are." But um, I felt like I needed to put at least one, and "Cold to See Clear" just seemed like the 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 right choice for this for this list. Any uh, any thoughts on Cold to See Clear? Yeah, I want to
1: give props to the drummer Ira. I think this uh, this this is possibly uh, for of the songs I heard. Uh, he's highlighted. I think that he really drives the the very up tempo of this song. It reminds me of a driving song. You know, you're on the open road,
0: just barreling down the highway. This song cranked. Should we do spoiler alert? on 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 this so um we're we're gonna have ira on an episode in the in the future i actually here here goes my my long um long blowhardy diatribe (laughs) diatribe so when i was in nashville i got autographs from two of the members of the band i got i got matthew and Daniel. Daniel's Autograph on my Let Go and The Wait is a Gift uh, CD covers. Never saw Ira. And again, going back to that 5 a.m. flight that I needed to take the following morning, I didn't stay after to try and find um, Ira to get him to sign the, the CD cover. Flash forward a couple weeks later, I was like, well, you know, Ira's probably in some other bands. I wonder if if he ever comes to, to Orlando, so I can get him with one of those other bands come to find out Ira lives in Florida. And so I, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to message him and see if maybe I can bribe him with buying him brunch to have him sign my, my CD covers. And he agreed had an awesome lunch couple two you know couple music nerds talking about about music signed my covers and um so i i once i once we started this podcast i was like hey would you would you like to be on our podcast so we're still working out the details on that but um uh ira's awesome dude um yeah so we'll we'll have him on the the podcast very very soon that wasn't too bad okay Thank you <laughs> Alright, uh, moving on to my next song This is uh, off of their 2012 release Called Stars Are Indifferent To Astronomy This is a song called When I Was Young
2: Carry pictures In our Pretend wallets Of ourselves In heavily Edited 70s With better handwriting Longer days at the park and dinners with no drama. The professor and Marianne came home early, a quarter to two. I don't need more, wine, I'm coming for you.
0: I will admit that this particular album, probably my least favorite, not a surf album, but this song is really, really solid. I love the tempo changes of this song. Very sing-songy acoustic feel at the at the beginning. Uh, the transition from the acoustic part to the more electric part of, of the latter half of the song feels very Beatlesque, all like "Day in the Life." And uh, I just really, I really love this song. Um, It's just, it's, uh, it it really, really speaks to me. Any, uh, any comments on when I was young? I I think you have to take a step
1: back as a super fan. And I, I actually have the (laughs) the first half, there is a very, there's a very Ben Gibbard quality to his voice. And I think it might be that sing song structure of it. Uh, But the, the transition had me believing that we were about to take off, and then it just it fell short. Like I was, I, I I can I feel this metamorphosis happening, and then and then they 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 drive out without opening the garage door. I mean, it it was more much more electric and much heavier, but I I don't know that that transition part made me feel like they were just going to blow the doors off of it, and then they didn't
0: okay so didn't do much for you no it, I mean I, it, I felt like it was gonna and then it, then it didn't look that's the beauty of this podcast as we talk about our differences and things that speak to one another and um, that, that's cool alright moving on to the next song also off of the same album this is a song called Teenage Dreams
2: Teenage dreams, it's never too late, it's never
0: too late, teenage dreams, teenage dreams. And this kind of goes back to the the, the lyrics of Matthew, and you know, there there's a little bit of hope. Um and some that kind of make me, make me chuckle a little bit. You know, one of the big themes of this, sometimes I ask the wrong questions, but I get the right answers. And then he says, but I moved to a tier by a subway break dancer. So seeing, seeing the, uh, seeing the beauty in things like a subway break dancer seems kind of, kind of funny to me, but yet also a little bit of, going back to what you were saying that a little bit of that spirituality of being able to see the good out of something that's just seemingly so, um, minute, you know, who else does that really
1: well? Ben Gibbard. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I just want to say, first off, I was glad that it wasn't a Katy Perry cover and not that I don't love me some Katy Perry, but teenage dreams is not my favorite of hers, but this song and while i will say that the that musically it doesn't really remind me so much of death cab the the there is something about the lyrics that his lyrical choice that did make me i could definitely see uh, it definitely had a death cab quality a ben gibbard kind of style to it it didn't the music is a little a little different but it it definitely had but yes, those. in fact, that the line that really kind of cemented that for me was that Subway Break Dancer line.
0: I, I'm just going to go back to your Katy Perry co- comment to just show the differences between your your style and my style. That's probably the only Katy Perry song I like. So, <laughs> all right, wow. moving on. Uh, next song is from 2008 record Lucky. This is Who's Authority.
2: The ones who died the sun
0: So we've already heard these bones from this album. I really go back and forth whether this is my favorite album of theirs. There's so many great songs on this. The next one that I'm going to talk about, also off of this album, Beautiful Beat and, the, and Weightless are also really solid songs. Didn't make the cut for, for our Essentials list, but um, really great. And there's a really... Fantastic acoustic version that's on their B sides album that came from 2014. Um, I just really love this song. There, there is a there. I don't know. There's um. There's just a really good feel to to this particular song, and I like that. uh, You know, they do pay homage in a lot of various songs. One of the songs that we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes pays pays homage to uh, Cheap Trick this one I kind of felt like maybe they were mit- taking some homage or um, you know paying tribute to Led Zeppelin's stairway to heaven because there's a there's a line in there that there's a feeling that I get when I look to the west oh yeah that that's that's from that's from stairway man uh, this became my favorite song as I the more I listen
1: to it I mean it's I, I I didn't pull the lyrics up, but I, as listening to the song several times, it has a, you're not the boss of me, um, feel to it. Uh, it's almost, it's, it's almost like a, there's almost a protest angle to it. And, it. and it, I like that it proves that you don't have to, that, you know, just because you're not playing fast and yelling into the microphone, you can still be angry. He, I, I get a, there's a sense of, of uh, disillusionment or anger in this song
0: that once again, that's that's my wheelhouse uh on whose authority i have none over me on whose authority no one speaks to me yeah that's that that's like classic wayne fugate right there <laughs> all right uh next song also off of lucky this is i like what you say
2: they say if you're
0: This is another song that uh, there's a really great acoustic version on their B-Sides album. Uh, I didn't really put a whole lot of notes down on
1: this one, did I? You know what I have? I have a simple pop song,
0: and there's nothing wrong with that. There you go. I think that that, that, that says it all. Maybe that's why I, I dig it. I, you know, And my wife makes fun of me all the time because she's like, you don't like pops, pop music. And I was like, I absolutely love pop music. You know, listen, listen to any of my, my eighties bands, even though they may not have been the most popular bands at the time. They're all poppy. Like, you know, last night seemed better than Ezra. All of their songs that they performed last night, fantastic pop songs just because they weren't popular doesn't mean that they're not poppy so i i really dig the song and it's just it's a it's a positive fun song and i just dig it that's why it's on the essential list moving on so my lone selection from the proximity effect this is firecracker off of their sophomore album not a surf was dropped by their label electra because of that particular album the album uh the the label didn't see a single like popular really was trying to i think i think the 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 record label was trying to have not a surf put out another song like popular and with electra not finding a you know, quote unquote, radio friendly type of of song that they could, you know, really promote. Um, They just, yeah, they, uh, they essentially got dropped. Um, I know that there was a lot of, of legal battles between the band and Elektra. I think that uh, the, the, Album ended up getting released in Europe, but Electra still dropped them because they didn't get popular over here in the U.S. with this particular album. So, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna reference the the, the podcast that that Matthew does this interview about, uh, you know, the, the the crazy period between um, getting signed by Electra, having Rick Ocasek produce their album, and then getting dropped. And he essentially went back to working in a record store and was but was still holding on to hope that they could make it as as rock stars. And I would say they've got a very loyal following. Um, I would say that when I went and saw them in Nashville, I would say 80 percent of the of the crowd was singing along to just about every song. Yeah, it was uh, so that they've got this nice little niche following. You know, you get a couple, couple placements in in some some ads and some uh, you know some television series, which they have over the years. And um, you know, I think that they've 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 had a nice little little living. Not they're not superstars by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that they've uh, they've been able to to. To have a nice little, uh, nice little um, career. Any thoughts on Firecracker? Yeah,
1: this all much like Popular is very different from the rest of the, the list. I think it's more aggressive lyrically and musically, and ultimately because of that, I couldn't connect to it because it, being a
0: was a little different. Yeah,
1: yeah, being a, a a new you know a fan of their a casual fan of Not a Surf, I couldn't. This song is too different from the songs like. Inside of Love, uh, uh, Cold to See Clear, Who's Authority, You know, Always Love. And I, like I say, I listened to it. Um, I probably only listened to this song twice. Uh, and I couldn't, couldn't I just, connect to
0: it. I, I couldn't connect to it. Do you think that it has something? I was thinking about this earlier. Because I haven't been able to connect with this, this particular album. Proximity Effect... I may I've I've probably tried to listen to it five, six, seven times. And I just I don't connect to it like I do with Let Go or Lucky. And I'm just wondering how much of that is the 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 sophomore effect. There aren't many sophomore albums out there that I really love. Like there's there's some really good debut albums and then it uh, it almost feels as though the record labels are like, whatever you did on that freshman release, we want you to replicate it, and you know basically we're gonna put you in a room, you write ten songs, and we're gonna release it, and usually those sophomore albums fall flat.
1: Well, I always have looked at it like this: you spend your whole life making your first record. Right. I mean. And your second record, you only have six months to a year. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can definitely see why there would be a, a soft. And I do, having read a lot and done research for this podcast, have seen references to, well, just like Guns and Roses, they were going to pull them off the road once they once they sold two hundred thousand copies. But this right. was still before it hit; it blew up. Um, they were going to pull them off the road to get another to get an, go in and make another record. But like I say, just like with with filmmakers. You spend your whole life making that first record and that's you know that's your your labor of love and the one that's that you've worked on forever and then you've got 6 months to a year to make the second one so there's there's a, I agree with you there's a lot of sophomore slumps but that's how I've always looked at it
0: and and because of that I think that that's why Let Go is such a beautiful album in that they had essentially they had like 3 or 4 years between this particular album and let go where they were able to really harness some really great songs and just put out a, a, you know, a marvelous album. I think that having that extra time has helped and considering that this is kind of, this is kind of the, the, the process now that I think not a surf is in is that, you know, every four or five years, They'll get together, put out an album. Part of that is is just geographics. I mean, Matthew is now lives in Cambridge, England. Um, you know, Daniel lives in Spain. Um, Ira lives here in Florida. So, you know, trying to trying to get together to record an album um, may be a little more difficult. But I think it works. You know, you have you have those couple of years of uh introspection and just you can work on licks you can work on drum fills and um you know you can end up putting together some some really good albums which which not a surf has in my in my opinion all right moving on next song is i, I picked the live version of this particular song because i just I really dig this this is off their 2015 live album called live at the neptune theater and yes, that's the Neptune Theater in Seattle, which, really great live venue. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you've seen some some bands there. I saw the Posies there a few years ago. Really, really great venue. The original version on this is found on the Let Go album. This is called The Way You wear Don't push me,
2: cause
0: What do you think of this song?
1: Well, i I hope Rick Nielsen got a got a songwriting credit
0: um, <laughs> for <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds they they took a whole verse off of uh, "I Want You to Want Me," so yeah.
1: Well, I hope they. Yeah, hopefully they didn't get in trouble with that. Um, it has. <laughs> it's funny, as it has a Jimmy Eat World sound to it, um, which once again, that's that's. I love Jimmy Eat World. That's not a not a knock on them at all. Right. Um, But I actually liked. I thought the studio version highlight because I listened. I read your notes and I listened to the live version and I'm here. And then I went and listened to the studio version. And I think and I I agree that the drumming on this is incredible. But I think the studio version it's 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 easier. The mix. The way the live version was mixed. It's harder to hear the drums. Where on the live version or the studio version. They're right there. I thought it highlighted the drums much better.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just listening in, with different speakers or something. I think Ira goes off on the drums on the live version. I love it. I think it's great. All right, last uh, last song on my essentials list. So this is uh, a song called "Are You Lightning." This is off off of the uh, the Peaceful Ghost album. This is an album that they did with the Babelsberg Film Orchestra. This is a band that I guess has a longtime connection to a radio station in Vienna. And um, they have this associated philharmonic. They asked Cause and and the band if they would accompany them in concert. I just really, I really dig this version and um, spoiler alert, it's going to, it's going to make an appearance on my most listened to in 2018. Cause I, this, this album came out in 2016, but for whatever reason, I just didn't, I didn't listen to it. I listened to it once and didn't really fall in love with it the, the first time. And then as I was getting ready to see them in Nashville, um, I decided to dig back into to this particular album, and I love it. I love this version. So this is a, "Are You Lightning." So I already, I already gushed all over this, this particular song. What's, uh, what's your opinion on it?
1: That it's too slow. Uh, it was so slow. It was distracting. I, I was hoping, I was hoping it was just the live version too. I, I listened to the studio version and uh, this just plods along and I, I didn't dislike it. I just, I didn't, uh, it just was, I couldn't almost couldn't concentrate on it it was i was it was losing my attention it was so slow
0: that's very disappointing to hear but i
1: that's uh, well. that's, that's
0: all right i you, you know that you know that uh my tendencies i i love i love yacht rock i love good 70s type of uh of soft rock and this Maybe because I, I like those tempos that this tempo works for me. Um, it is a slower song. It's it's a little bit different from the rest of the, uh, the the list, with the exception of maybe Blonde on Blonde. I dig it. I, I really dig this album. Um, and um, so you can make fun of me when this comes up on the uh, the next list that we do. Because I listen to right. this a ton. I was going to anyway, so. And guess how much I care. <laughs> Are you making that zero symbol with your hand right now? Uh, no. It was another symbol that I use with fingers.
1: Oh, oh! Was it the air quotes you're always using? I can, <laughs> I can literally hear them.
0: Uh, I, I did a couple of air quotes on this, uh, on this particular podcast episode. So, all right, I, I could hear them. All right. Well, uh, that's it so give 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 me the the wrap up. I think uh, i've I've exuded all of my fanboy mentality for for not a surf throughout uh, explaining my my picks here. but uh, um, what are your what are your thoughts after I've made you listen to Not a Surf for the last couple of weeks? Uh, it, I got stockholm syndrome i've I've become to sympathize with my
1: captor. I've listened to this <laughs> this list and also, I want to mention just a couple of covers that they do that I really enjoyed. Um, they cover Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. That song, they, they give their own spin to it, and it sounds, I, I thought it was incredible. They also do a cover of one of my favorite uh, Pixie songs, Where Is My Mind, which they stick a little more to the, to the original arrangement. I really like those. And I kept, I, ha- I didn't have a playlist, so I was using um, Amazon, and Blizzard of '77 is comes after like a few of the songs from this list, and I kept I kept running into that song, and I, I enjoyed that one too. So honorable mentions. I would go see them because now I'm I'm I feel like I'm familiar with um, some of their best songs, and if I hear that they're playing around here, whether it be the Neptune or Numos or anywhere, i I'd, I'd definitely go see them.
0: They, they do come to Seattle quite frequently. I've yet to see them in Florida, which is why I was super excited to see them in Nashville when I was there. So um, you, you let me know the next time that they're, they're coming to Seattle, and I just may have to cash in some, uh, some Southwest Airline points to, to, to join you. That sounds like a deal. Um, so for the next episode, we are going to talk about our top songs of 2018. Now um, let me do some clarification and we'll clarify this on the podcast as well. Um, that, that episode, these aren't, a set, these aren't necessarily the top songs that were released in 2018. These were the top songs that we listened to in 2018. Now I do have some songs on my list that were released in 2018, but I have some songs that are 35 years old off of that list and I know that you you even go a little bit a little bit further back than that on your particular list but I think it's a I think it's a solid list if we if we had our own radio show that would be that would be a really good show to listen to so if you want to listen to those those particular selections in advance you can go find me on Spotify, Ben Montgomery. You can find this particular uh, essential, not a surf playlist. You can find our top songs of 2018. You can find any of our playlists that we've talked about from previous episodes. And I'm, I'm finally going to start plugging more of our social media. So you can find us on Facebook. We have the Records Revisited podcast facebook page you can also find us on instagram uh, with the hashtag records revisited podcast and um we may have to go make a twitter handle i don't know i don't know about i don't know about that i hate twitter mostly because somebody else in the u.s uses it a lot yeah the worst
1: president ever elected
0: (laughs) by any, any country all right. Um so yeah, you can find the essential 12 not a surf songs and um, yeah, spoiler alert, there's more than 12 songs in that playlist. So if you if you wanted to hear some of my honorable mentions and maybe some of, of Wayne's honorable mentions, um, yeah, you can you can go uh, you can go check that out. Any final 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 comments? as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you have uh you've expanded
1: my the catalog of songs that I I will put into my uh, music player
0: to, to listen to. Um, and I appreciate that as always. Fantastic. And Matthew Cause, you need to come on our podcast to talk about blonde on blonde. All right, there we go. gave I gave one. Make sure, make sure
1: you explain the, make sure you explain the rating system to him in advance. So he doesn't pull a netta.
0: <laughs> Just willy
1: oh. nilly start throwing out numbers. Which ones do I got left? Poor,
0: poor st- Poor Steve. I man, I feel I feel like I've I've gotta go apologize to him for how brutal you are to, to him. <laughs> He's not a threat, okay? You're you're my podcast co-host. He's not a threat. <sighs> All right. Here we go. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Buy a t-shirt of the band if they actually have a merch table. I'm talking to you better than Ezra. Uh, Buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. Out.